welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy. Um, and uh, we it's been a minute, sorry. <laughs> Holidays are hard. That's what we'll blame it on. Yeah, that and other things. But at least we have a Christmas episode. Yes, that we do. As promised, we have the brand new Christmas Bloody Christmas. It was, it's considered like a Shudder original, but it was in theaters as well. But not for long. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, it's an hour and 27 minutes and was released December 9th, 2022. On the same weekend as Violent, Violent Night, right? Is that, that's the one that's called? Mm -hmm. I never got to see that. I haven't either, uh, but I apparently it's like a pretty big deal that they came out at the same time. It's very rare that there's two like slasher films that are Christmas themed in theaters. Like I think that's like the first time that's happened. Uh, and they're hoping it's like a big deal moving forward for scary movies. Cool. Well, yeah. Um, I know that they're trying to make horror movies kind of like the bigger thing again. So they're coming out more often. Which is why we've been seeing a bunch of new horror movies coming out so recently. So, I'm kind of happy about that. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> some of them have turned out to be pretty good, and others are a little fucking weird, and then I mean, some are just absolutely terrible. There's ton released on streaming services, um, mm -hmm. just obviously not in theaters. Right. But... So... Um... <laughs> Go for it. Hi, Katie. So it was directed and written by Joe Bagos, I think. Um, would it be E because the O is right after the C G? Oh my gosh, now I'm going into elementary grammar. <laughs> is it Bagos or Bagos? Um, I, in my head, have been saying Bagos. Okay, but cool. it That's what I said. very well could be Bagos. So we <laughs> could just call him Director Joe. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. He has one festival win and three nominations. Um, his last film was called VFW, which is about a group of old war veterans who defended a young woman hiding out in their local VFW post. What is VFW? Uh, that's for veterans. It's like oh. a clubhouse, kind of. They're all over the nation. If you're a veteran, you go and they do like events together and they meet. It's just like to bond. Okay. So this girl's hiding out in the VFW post uh, who's running from a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of drug-added punks. Oh, drug-addled punks. Addled. Addled. Um, Sounds yeah, interesting. That. It looks like in the poster it's kind of the same appearance as this one where it's like a lot of neon and like metal looking people and violence he has a style i think it uh, yeah i guess it looks like it on twitter he described his film as uh sleazy ass yuletide yarns <laughs> i don't know what that means <laughs> animatronic killer robots uh yep widescreen 16 millimeter photography and sex drugs booze and murder all with question marks behind them and then he uh, put, uh, 
He also described it as a pornographic array of snow, fog, and neon. He really likes his neon. Uh, and also on Twitter, uh, the film writer for Violent Night, Josh Miller, said, Glorious, I really hope our movie and director Joe's uh, movie mm-hmm. both spawn franchises so that our Santas can fight each other in a crossover someday. That'd be fucking hilarious. Um, but we all know that the real Santa would win that fight in a heartbeat because... Um, Fuck that robot. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. But it, it... This one specifically would make a good franchise because it is a robot. Like, he literally can't die. He could come back anytime, yeah. Yeah. Some idiot decides, I'm just gonna make revamp him and fucking upgrades him with Lord knows what kind of machinery. <laughs> but... I'm not recommending that they do have a franchise. I'm just saying, of movies that are franchise eligible, <laughs> this one could be made into one. Right, yeah. Um, this is what he said of his title scene on Twitter. Happy holidays from me and the back and wrist pain I endured during this 18 hours it took to hand animate this title. If you've yet to uh, watch the flick, put it on. put it on at the family dinner. The 6mm Blair Witch 2 warship ass-eating and robot murder will go good with Grandma's banana cream pie. Who makes banana Um, cream pie at Christmas is my first question. That's like blasphemous. I couldn't tell you. A lot of people make different desserts and I've discovered that, you know, a lot of them are good. I can't eat banana cream pie because I'm allergic to bananas. And I honestly don't know what it tastes like because I never ate it. I like tart pies, and I like pumpkin and apple pie for sure. Anyways, there's a song called Bloody Christmas, and it was written and played by a band, uh, Death Crooks, right? Death, it spells weird. Um, They played it for the film, and there's also a song in the film called Silent Night, played by Junior Juggernaut, which features sound and lines from the Silent Night film. You know, the ones that we did that lasted way too long. I, we only watched the first movie, to be fair. <laughs> Which lasted way too long. It was filmed in Utah, though. You know. Anyways. Uh, it starts as if you were watching TV and have turned to, like, Channel 83, which is the production company of director Joe's film. <laughs> <laughs> it shows a commercial of kids getting a Slim Janko malt beverage for Christmas. Then it shows a documentary like a show called Killed on Christmas, the Lester Lord story, which looks like his mom was about to be do pornographic things to Santa. So, you know, it's the uh, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, but like, yeah, the dark version. Yeah. Uh, then it switches to Santa live in uh, Santa live in concert uh, at the Civil Center. Followed by. Is it Coon Christmas? Coon Christmas cream pie. That sounds right. Uh, All overly sexual and um, not for children at all, of course. Uh, This is a very fucking pornographic style movie. (laughs) Softcore for sure. It's an adult movie. 
Um, lastly, it switches to an advertisement that says uh, U.S. Defense Department has spent a trillion dollars on robot technology for overseas. They made it into they made it into Robo Santa Plus, made with military grade technology, which sounds like a great thing for children's toys. Yeah, that's interesting. But I was just you know curious about what other toys might be inspired by military technology i couldn't really find like military or i'm sorry kids toys specifically um it just kept showing me like tiny green army men but uh here are some fun things that usa today says were uh based off of military technology or like started in the military um, the first one that I thought was interesting was duct tape. It was invented mm. in 1942. During World War II, the U.S. military was in need of durable adhesive tape. And therefore, they asked Johnson & Johnson to develop an idea for some way to keep their shit together and all the rain and shit they were dealing with. They called it duct tape for its waterproof nature. And then when they got home, people kept using it because it was useful and blah, 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 blah. There you go. <laughs> uh, super glue apparently is a military invention. All right. Also started in 1942. Apparently they needed to stick a lot of stuff together then. I guess so. That was the easiest thing to do. Uh, apparently the Kodak company was of great use for this, while testing a variety of compounds for use in a plastic rifle sight. Dr. Harry Coover, a company chemist, inadvertently created whatever it is that became the compound, later marketed as superglue. Cyanoarcolite, maybe? I don't know. Acrylate? It's cyanoacrylate. I'm looking at it like, I'm looking at it like, like, uh, wow, I just forgot the color. <laughs> uh anyways it doesn't matter cyan that's the color i'm thinking of anyways a silly putty that's a children's Ooh. toy invented Definitely 1943 is. uh but i played with silly putty a lot i'm not gonna lie it's a it was really cool now everything's about slime slime this slime yeah. that but back in the yeah. day it was all about silly putty that was in the 1940s, the U.S. needed a new source of rubber after Japan had invaded Malaysia and cut off the U.S. supply. Hmm. And that's how a chemist at a General Electric company, like GE, the products hmm. for your kitchen, came up with a stretchy, bouncy material made of boric acid and silicone oil. All right. <clears throat> and that's pretty much it. Basically, the people who worked there took it to their, like, little cocktail parties they were having, and kids started playing with it, and they were, like, genius. So then they started selling it. Lovely. And that's about it. I mean, I'm sure, like, drones for kids' toys, stuff, that kind of stuff, all is technology or military-based. But these are just, like, the random things that are less obvious. I also but, think... Yeah. Not toy-related, but I think mouthwash was also a World War II side effect, <laughs> I guess you could say. Side effect? <laughs> yeah, it uh, was originally used as an antiseptic 
for surgery and to clean floors and um, Minty fresh and then it became Listerine so it was cleaner for other things now you put it in your mouth some people drink it gross those people anyway. have special special circumstances <laughs> Anyways, back to the movie we go. So, there's a woman named Tori Toombs. She owns a super cool store with albums and CDs, and there's neon paint all over the walls. You know, because neon, uh, he seems, uh, Dr., or not Dr., Dr uh, Director Joe, he, <laughs> he seems to have a theme of neon at this point that we've noticed. But she's also got a bunch of random rock merchandise. And her uh, her man friend Robbie Reynolds works with her, and there's a lot of e easy to see sexual tension, which is outrageous in there. Yeah, you knew that was gonna happen. Uh, so Tori Tombs, which her name sounds like some sort of like badass archaeologist, like Tomb Raider or Jumanji character. <laughs> there you go. Right, or like in that show Uncharted with a uh, Tom. Tom Holland's, is that his name? Oh, I still haven't seen that. Oh, it's pretty good. It's based off of a video game, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, he's he's yeah, basically okay. just a man Tomb Raider. Got it. I guess other people would call that Indiana Jones, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right on that. I am excited for the new Indiana Jones, though. But anyway. A quick question, just because you brought that up. Is Shia LaBeouf in it again? No, fuck no. Okay. I, don't know, no, I didn't. That man, that I man's didn't... crazy and kind of out of the loop on everything right now. I was gonna say I didn't mind him in that movie by any means. Like I don't mind his acting, but I know that he's got some personal stuff, so I just was curious. I just fucking hate that movie. I pretend that one just doesn't exist. It's like Hocus Pocus too. It just doesn't exist in my mind. It's not a thing. It's it's not that it doesn't exist for me. It's just that <clears throat> I don't associate it with that. It's not Indiana Jones. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Yes. A crystal skull or whatever kind of like charmed there's like the good charmed and then there's that new one they made i don't associate them together right it's just like its own its own thing i still never watched it i will never plan on watching it i, I mm -mm. haven't nope. finished it i've seen spoilers for like i accidentally stumbled upon spoilers for one of the deaths of the sister so i know like who dies but i don't want to finish it so I'm not gonna. I don't like it. Anyways, she is played by Riley Dandy, which is a great name. Mm -hmm. She was also in a romantic Christmas movie this year on HBO called A Hollywood Christmas, which apparently was I number wonder. one on HBO for a long time. I wonder if she likes Christmas. <laughs> Her other holiday films include A Kiss on Candy Cane Lane and A California Christmas City Lights. Jesus Christ, okay. And um, I think I've only ever really seen her... 2022 rom-com that's more on netflix um she like f she plays this character who falls and breaks her leg and gets fired or some shit moves back home to her mom and then falls in love and her mom is hilarious and her mom is the only reason that movie is worth watching personally but that's all i've ever seen her in she has been kind of typecast into rom-coms but maybe she'll like break out of that because she was i mean she's good in this film so we see in an article okay. by Illumin, uh, it's called Illuminerdy. Mm. Writer for them, Crobin Shanklin, said that Danny described her character in an interview as 
She's got a little bit of substance abuse issues. I can see that. So I think maybe there's a weakness. She doesn't know when to turn it off, uh, but she's got a lot of strengths. I think she's incredibly scrappy. She's very resourceful and can get shit done. Even when it doesn't look pretty, she'll get it done. And I think she's super passionate. Even if she's arguing with you, she's passionate about her view. She's passionate about her friends. She's passionate about her business. And that is certainly true because like the first 40 minutes of the film is arguably a non-stop just like monologue of Tori talking about metal and pop culture related to metal and all things metal. Yep. <laughs> like rock and stuff like that. Like it's just her talking, 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 talking. I commend her for being able to talk like that. Yeah. And memorizing all those lines. I can't imagine that was easy. Yeah, it's like rapid fire, too. And, like, she talks fast, like someone who's, you know, in the heat of passion yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, Robbie is played by Sam Delich. Uh, and he has, a, he's, has a TV series with Disney Plus coming out, which will be an Australian series called Last Days of the Space Age. Uh, most recently, he was in a Netflix film, Spiderhead. Uh, which was a wild ride if you haven't seen it and uh yeah that's that's really it uh, he started in theater and it relatively new and is relatively new to the film side of things apparently i think something <laughs> yeah he doesn't have a whole lot i think he just started moving in that direction but yeah spiderhead's a crazy movie go watch it if you haven't seen it <clears throat> So, on their way to meet their friends, Tori and Robbie are debating the best Christmas song, which comes down to Merry Christmas by the Ramones or Lemmy's uh, Run, Rudolph, Run. Eventually, they make it to the T.W. Bonkers Toy Store, which is owned by their friend Jay and Lana. Um, and this also happens to be uh, the store where the commercial said the robot Santa would be available. So, be prepared so to get a glimpse of the robot Santa early on yeah. i'm pretty sure like the first thing he says is like come sit on my lap that's disturbing yeah a little weird uh jonah ray plays the friend jay he's in the tv series mystery science theater 3000 which i oh. have no idea what it is but it seems interesting oh carrie uh my co-worker my the host of one of my of my show uh he loves mystery science theater 3000 and so they kind of do like commentary on movies as they're watching it. It's really interesting. I'm not exactly sure, but it's interesting. <laughs> okay, that was, I thought it was going to be like a Bill Nye the Science Guy, like how things work. So I was not in the right direction at all. <laughs> uh, this year he was in a movie called Satanic Hispanics, which sounds like a wildly controversial title. So I guess huh? good for them. Uh, he was also in Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which I only mention oh. because it has Daniel Radcliffe as Al. And I saw an interview yeah. like yesterday where he said that Al had chosen him to be himself uh, mm -hmm. like over some weird chance encounter. Like he didn't audition for it. He was just like saw him and was like, I want you to be me. And Daniel Radcliffe was I like, I used you, Daniel Radcliffe. Exactly. And he was like, I don't look anything like you. And he's like, nope, you're the guy. And it's because they like bonded over some weird thing. I don't remember what it was exactly. But to me, that just adds to like the Al Yankovic of it all that he picked somebody who looks nothing like him. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, work it works for his style, you know? <laughs> yeah, it works. And I'm sure Daniel Radcliffe does a great job, but it was just funny. 
I've heard it's pretty good. Uh, Jonah Ray also was in a show called Victor, a movie called Victor Crowley, which only caught my eye because I'm trying to finish Supernatural. So there you go. That's fair. I haven't finished it either. I, I've heard that if you just push through this part that I'm at, then it gets good again. You're around like season 10 or, or 12 or something like that. I am in season 9 currently, but I know I previously stopped at 10. So Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I stopped too. And I'm, so I'm trying to like chug through that and be like, okay, you got this, but I never turn it on. <laughs> I've just, I put it on while I'm working. It's like my background show. There you go. That's what I need to do. Uh, but his wife and their friend Lana is played by Dora Madison. She has also gone by the names Madison Burge and Dora Madison Burge in her career. She mm. was in the director Joe films VFW and Bliss, so clearly he enjoys working with her. Mm-hmm. The only other film that I have seen or recognized from her list is one called The Loft, which is super fucking dark and twisty, but it's, I thought it was good, but it's kind of slow. But, you know, I think I've heard of that one. It's like a suspense mystery kind of. Uh, basically, what it is is four guys share a loft where they can just take their mistresses, and at one point, one of the women gets murdered, and they're trying to figure out who did it. That's what it is. Anyways, uh, she has a lot of films that look really interesting, just based off the titles alone. So, you know. Uh, but then taking it back to the actual film at hand, one of the running jokes in this film is that Tori was supposed to go on a Tinder date with a guy that she's like, I just want to get fucked. But everybody yeah. else knows him as 4Kid Emmett because apparently he has quite the reputation, this guy. Well, four kids, you can see. I just think it's funny that everyone knows him but her, <laughs> like all of her friends. They're all like, oh, you mean 4Kid Emmett? And she's like, why do you guys know this guy? She's like, what the fuck? Well, clearly he has a reputation. Maybe you should avoid him. Uh, also, I loved that while they're in this toy store, just like shooting the shit and getting trashed, uh, Robbie is just like hugging a dinosaur stuffy <laughs> while he's drinking. Yep. That was, um, that was my favorite part of this whole movie, but it's because dinosaurs. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Uh, it's also like an interesting image of very adult content in this like child's dreamland. Uh, it's like, it's perversive because you're like, you shouldn't be doing that there. Children play there, right? But that's essentially like the background for every scary movie involving Santa. If you think about it, it's like very adult content in a holiday that is literally built for children and innocence. Hold the cord of my headset. Sorry. <laughs> I said a very beautiful and insightful thing, and you just didn't get any of it. But that's okay. Our listeners got it. So, yeah. Nope. I got an important text at the moment. But Tori and Robbie take their party to the bar because, um, you know, you always pregame before going to the bar uh, where they conveniently choose to ignore the TV news, which is doing a story about the Santa robots being recalled for advertingly. Uh, or adverting to their violent tendencies, because, you know, mi- military machinery and all. That's what you want out of your toys. Yeah, exactly. Um, meanwhile, their friends in the store, like, in the in the store are talking about how Robbie and Tori should hook up, and when the robot comes to life and starts stalking the couple, as they do some pornographic dirty shit, 
uh, on the Santa stage. So, you know, you can see the foreshadowing of where this is going. <laughs> In true... Yeah. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. I was just going to say, it goes to all these children coming the next day and sitting and playing where these people just soiled all over the place. That's where that's going. Yeah. But in true Violent Night, uh, Deadly deadly Night fashion and the Santa chooses an axe, of course, uh, as his weapon for killing the husband by slicing him from head to waist. Uh... And then, wait a second. Is that, is it coitus? Do you not know what coitus is? No, I don't know what coitus is. Coitus is sex. Oh, that's never a word I've ever heard for sex. Oh my gosh, you are such a sheltered child then. I'm so sorry. Um, Is it like a super proper term? I'm so confused. That's like the scientific medical term i just thought that was intercourse (laughs) you're the you're the medical person here not me it's literally in so many tv shows and movies and referenced in many places it's not just like a brain person thing (laughs) well it's gone over my head until i'm 28 years old almost that's okay (laughs) you were today's years old today's years old to find out what coitus means Yep. Anyways, um, so he takes his axe and he slices the he- the husband uh, from head to waist while he's having sex with his wife, you know, in the toy store. <laughs> uh, the wife obviously can't escape because, um, well, they locked the doors and Santa smashes her face into a display case, which Tori and Robbie hear as they uh, walk by. But they just assume it's it's them getting it on, doing the dirty. And then they're just like, oh, my gosh, scandalous. Wow, they're really getting into it. <laughs> um, the murders in these movies are outrageous, though. They are the saving grace for this film, for sure. Uh, you just you get to see it like it's not like a you see the axe coming down and then it like flips away like you away. see it, top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, the Santa is played by actor Abraham Ben Ruby, who has also worked with Doctor Doctor Joe. Oh my God. I said that too. Doctor <laughs> Joe before. You know what? He is a it's doctor okay. of films. He will yeah. be Doctor Joe from now on. We just need to name and give na- like nicknames to each director every time we do this. We'll just call them all doctors. Uh, so Doctor Joe. Yeah, Dr. Joe. Uh, He's been, not Dr. Joe, has been in movies. Abraham Ben Ruby has been in many movies, but the only ones I recognized were Big Hero 6, Miss Congeniality 2, and Without a Paddle. (laughs) Um, Who was he in Without a Paddle? uh, He's just like some random side character. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, He might, might have been like the sheriff or something i don't know he's also in george of the jungle which i have no idea who he played in that film except for maybe like when he goes to the city i think i need to just look at this guy's face because i know those movies way too well those were definitely like his smaller roles i'm sure he's had bigger ones i just didn't recognize those oh shit (laughs) okay i know exactly who this guy is he (laughs) i know who he is in in, uh in, in george of the jungle he's one of the bad guys he's one of the the big bodyguard guys and he gets um he gets tukey in the butt 
Is that him? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I couldn't even recognize him in this movie. Is that? I mean, I guess he has kind of like a robot face on or something. But okay, uh, now I now I totally understand why he's been in all these movies. Is he the one that the monkey or the ape like pulls into the cage? Yeah, he pulls he pulls their heads through the bars. Yeah, the okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. Yeah, he's one all of right. those. Wouldn't have um, picked up on that. Cool. I well, yeah, I didn't see it either. Uh. I don't remember who he is in Miss Congeniality too, but without a paddle, he's one of the pot dealer brothers. Uh, he's probably another, just like a bad villain or something in Miss Congeniality too. He he plays villains. <laughs> uh, the animatronic anim oh my god the animatronic part of the Santa, which is why we didn't recognize him very well, <laughs> was created by effect artists Josh and Sierra Russell. Their work is truly horrifying, and the photos on their website are so cool. They're really good. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, I would love to have them as neighbors around Halloween. I'm sure they make some good lawn ornament type things. <laughs> Probably. The Russells have worked on the latest Hellraiser remake. Mm. They did the main evil creature thing for the ritual, which was oh, a wild beast. So what yeah, a feat. Yeah, that thing's cool. They often get hired to do bodies and corpses for NCIS. They worked on Would You Rather, and they also worked with Rob Zombie on the 2009 Halloween 2. Oh, okay. So they're uh, they're pretty neat. Have you seen Would You Rather? I don't... It's Britney Snow. I don't think so. I sure it's Britney Snow. There's a movie called, I think, it's either Would You Rather or Truth or Dare that I've seen before, but I can't think of which one is which. Truth or Dare is the one that has the girl from uh, uh, Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, think... Would You Rather is Pretty Snow. Okay. It's fucked up. It's a great movie, but it's fucked up. I have not seen that one. The one I've seen is they uh, drink like battery acid, so they all chug. Uh, Sprite or something before because it coats your stomach or something. Um, I think it came out at the same time as that Truth or Dare that you said. It was one of the ones where like two people came out with the same thing at the same time, um, but this one was just lesser known. So, okay, I don't know. It's a, it's good. The Anyways. Hellraiser remake is actually pretty good too. It's really interesting, but I mean like it's it's Hellraiser, so it's gonna be fucking weird anyway. Um. But it's it's good. I like the way they did uh, Pinhead as a female, so that was kind of cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I again haven't done any of the Hellraisers, so we'll get there eventually. But in an article by Film School Rejects, they did an interview with Doctor Joe, and they quoted him as saying, "The scene where Tori and Robbie are like walking." Mm. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Walking down the street, just chit-chatting. And I think it's when they walk past the toy store. Mm -hmm. uh, they do not use any additional lighting. The whole scene is lit up by the moon and the lights from the storefronts that are on. They did it in an actual town. It's not in a studio for this film. Right. Uh, and he is 
very thrilled about the fact that he used 16 millimeter camera. I don't know what any of that means, but I read the articles and apparently <laughs> it's like, it's non-digital, it's legitimate film and it, it's becoming really rare because it's not as convenient for digital as like digital is. Yeah. Uh, but he, it's like his passion is using that and he hopes more people start to use it. Uh, plus the technology, like it's still like advanced technology compared to what it used to be, I guess. But he also said it's cheaper, and he is known for doing, like, low-budget horror films, so. But anyways, I just thought that was kind of cool that there wasn't, like, a whole bunch of extra lighting. Yeah. Uh, so, Santa comes out and sees the two walking around the corner as they start, or as they're discussing Black, uh, Black Christmas is the best, and discuss Blumhouse, which is really cool. They also mention the uh, or the 1976 film called Killer's Delight and argue that Pet Cemetery 2 is better than the first one. What uh, do you think? Do you agree with that? Um, I have such a love for the original one. And I've only seen Pet Cemetery 2 so many times that I honestly can't remember all of the details of it. Andy, I guess Andy agreed. Because... Um, I was watching this and he was kind of just like listening in the background. But uh, apparently he agreed that Pet Cemetery 2 was better than the first one. I just really like the first one. I remember watching the second one and just not being like as excited about it. But right. I guess like define better, right? Yeah. I liked the first one. But I don't know. Anyways. As the two start hooking up in her house, Santa is axing down the door uh, to their neighbor's house with a dad putting out gifts, um, like under the tree. And so the dad gets axed in the back while he's trying to be nice to his kids or whatever. Um, <laughs> clearly, Guess that's it's what not he gets for spoiling his children. Yeah, Jesus, how could you? Uh, clearly, it's not a humane Santa, and he kind of lets just he just lets a guy bleed to death as he tries to escape from him up the stairs which i don't know why they always go up the stairs but you know um and then he pulls the axe out of his back and then curb stomps in on the stairs and like you see the whole thing like we were said you actually see the whole deaths and that was uh that, that part was no. rough <laughs> yeah so his, his wife comes out and hides in the bathroom which obviously santa e easily breaks down uh, the door and stabs her in the eye with the back of his axe which is it's like the butt of it, so you know that's great. Um, <laughs> that's great, she says. <laughs> and then he comes out to the kid who immediately starts rifling through like the presents Santa brought him, and Tori sees Santa axe the kid too. So she just unfortunately sees all of this happen, well, not all of it, but most of it happen. They do not show the kid getting murdered though, so no. there's that. <laughs> they have boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind few of. and far between, <laughs> but there are some. A little bit. Um. So Tori, Tori and Robbie can't find a phone, obviously, because phones are misplaced at the most need needed times. Uh. So she goes to her to wake her sister Liddy and her boyfriend, who somehow slept through all of those loud noises. Yeah, they were like blasting music. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's 
Some people actually can sleep to, through some crazy things. I'm sound sensitive, and so if I hear like things through the door when I'm trying to sleep, I get really frustrated. I'm like, turn the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I'm sure that they're like used to her blasting music and coming in at weird hours. So probably she seems like that kind of person. Who knows? Um, Liddy is played by Kansas Bowling, who is very impressive as a person in general. Uh, her IMDb biography caught my eye, so I'm just going to read that real quick. So Kansas Bowling wrote and directed her first feature film called BC Butcher when she was 17. The film was shot on 16mm, so her and Dr. Joe probably got along pretty well over that. And it is the world's first prehistoric slasher film starring Cato Kayleen. No idea who that is or if that was even spelled right. The Prehistoric slasher? Yeah, like cavemen. I'm curious. I'm I don't know. Look at Do it. Oh, BC. I get it. Okay. Yeah, I, I realized that too. I was like, okay. Oh, uh, okay. We're here. Uh, the film was released when she was 19 by Troma Entertainment, the world's longest-running independent film company, so this person who wrote IMDb says, still in operation and home to The Toxic Avenger. Since that film came out... I didn't, I didn't pick up my, my excitement. I fucking love Toxie. The Toxic Avenger is, like, one of my favorite terrible fucking films on this planet. Toxie is amazing. Oh, I'm I glad. used to take pictures... I used to take pictures of all the actors that would dress up as Toxie when we had them in the haunted house. It literally like, I fucking love Toxie. I'm glad that you got that reference because I was like, I've never heard of that Marvel Avenger. <laughs> so. It's not a Marvel Avenger, that's for sure. Uh, At least you know what's happening. Dude, Tromaville movies are crazy. Is that what they're called? Tromaville? Yeah. Well, that's good. Cool. See, she's even more impressive then. Uh, since fucking, then, oh my gosh. she's directed two dozen. She's like really big into directing music videos. Oh, okay. Uh, she did one that starred Iggy Pop, if you care about that, called Death Valley Girls. Don't I'm sorry, for her. it was by Death Valley Girls. Ah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, most recently she's finished her second feature film and was featured in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as Manson's lady friend Sandra Good. Additionally, oh, okay. that movie's amazing. That's probably one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies. I don't know if I've seen that. It's it's one it's his newest one that came out. It's oh. got Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, 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 right. Didn't see it. It's really good. Um Additionally, she is in a lot of movies with horror film sounding titles. I don't know any of them but she apparently is like this is her genre this is her yeah. thing which it yeah. kind of makes me sad that her role was like so tiny <laughs> right. i'll have to watch something bigger with her um, yeah, definitely do time in hollywood because that fucking movie's amazing hey did you see bc butcher is it like cavemen or did someone go back in time i'm confused did you uh, find it I, I don't really understand it let me pull up the it has two stars on imdb just so you know. So it's oh, really God, good. Dude, the title looks so bad. <laughs> um, I need the I uh storyline. When a tribe of cave women imparts cruel justice on one of their own, their fate takes a turn for the worst after discovering the fall and falling in love with a corpse sacrificed by the girl gang, a lone wandering giant of prehistoric 
myths is inspired to homicide. <laughs> Oh my. Consequently, the cavemen, oh, cave women are uh, menaced by the heartbroken and bloodthirsty cave brute with the grudge and the uh, prophetess among them is ignoring everything. Um, this movie sounds All terrible. Right. I want to send you this picture. Hang on. We will post the picture as well on our story for this episode. But, uh, I don't know. I guess if you're 17, that's a good story plot. It's um I've never written a movie so I can't talk shit. You know, but still. It's cool that it got like picked up. You know, as wild as it sounds, it's cool that someone was like, "Hell yeah, that's my film. <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's do it." <laughs> um Yeah, okay. So Oh my. That's okay. That. Uh, so they're all being quiet and scared, thinking Santa didn't see them. But hold on, real and- quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Just the way that this—I just pulled up your picture. That's why I'm interrupting. It looks right. like those like really old school dinosaur movies. They're like they're like claymation, but they're not. You know? Yeah, yeah. And she's wearing she's got the coke, yeah, bra. <laughs> I don't know why she has a. Apparently, a there's really tiny club. Coconuts, leopards, tigers, and. Jaguars all living in the same place. And the giant looks like he's just a normal sized man when he's carrying her. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Interesting. <laughs> okay. It's it says it is if it is if instead of as if. Anyways, Russ Meyer, I don't know who that is, directed the monkeys EEs. That's how it's spelled. Thomas Becker from Beautiful Bodies. Interesting. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's clearly a lovely movie. <laughs> it's a lovely movie, she says. All right, I'm um, done interrupting. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so they're being quiet. They're they're hiding. They're scared. They're thinking they finally got away from Santa. Uh, but of course, he ends up throwing the dad's dead body through the window right on top of Robbie, which is a smart way to like go through a window, Mister Robot Santa. But I I thought that was like a cool touch. It's like okay, like I that's fair. Obviously, the Santa robot would be able to pick up a dead fucking body like that. But anyways. It's uh, weird br- to me, side note, that this yeah. is like military technology, right? The military still has to ascribe to like the Geneva Convention. Like there's rules in war. And this Santa apparently has some weird fucking morals where he is like, <laughs> I don't care that this guy is bleeding to death. Like it's he's not like humane, like we said, right? And then for him to not just be like, I could just like punch this window or I could literally throw anything more convenient through this window. But for the robot to specifically say, beep, boop, beep, I'm going to throw that guy through the window. Fuck it. (laughs) It blows my mind. Like who was building the code for these robots? I wish I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So, um the the robot santa he ends up breaking liddy's neck and then axes the boyfriend to death um and of course the the two survivors robbie and tori end up crashing their car uh where they're trying to escape because she's not fucking paying attention where she's backing up people that, are I, idiots i thought that whole part i thought the whole whole port uh i thought that whole part was pretty fucking dumb but just like the way she's driving and shit i'm like i get that you're scared but like 
You wouldn't be crashing your car to get the fuck away. Yeah, it always blows my mind when people are like, I'm going to escape, and then they just immediately crash their car. <laughs> yeah. So at this point in the movie, it just essentially becomes a list of dead bodies in our graveyard, you know, usually. So uh, the actor of the dad, also his name is Matt Mercer, because Matt Mercer is fucking phenomenal, and he's a part of Critical Role, and um, it's not him. Yeah, it's not that. It's, <laughs> it's not that Matt Mercer, because I was looking... Not- at the thing the list right the actors and i was like that name sounds so fucking familiar but i don't recognize the face that's yeah, why he's he's a part of critical role season two of vox machina comes out next sat- no next friday and i get to see it in theaters on thursday well at least the first three episodes of it on thursday it's my favorite tv show critical role is fucking amazing i'm literally watching their campaign three live um and andy bought me a new set of dice last night <laughs> well that's exciting nerd alert I'm also the dice goblin in my group for anybody who cares. Anyways, it's not that Matthew Mercer as much as I would love it to be. So, uh, the guy whose car they hit ends up getting axed in the head by Santa while calling the police to report the car accident because he was super pissed. But they're also not, he's also not listening to them screaming like, look behind you, pay attention, you're going to die. Because obviously, who pays attention to that? He was really passionate about that car. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but that guy that comes running out and is like, my fucking car is actually Dr. Joe doing his own cameo. Dr. Joe. And he specifically chose to play this part as his cameo because in his head, it's the best kill in the film. And he was like, I'm going to fucking do it. Okay. Good job, bud. <laughs> you done did it. So then he throws that guy's body through the windshield of these dumbasses that slammed into the uh, car by going in, or slammed into the tree by going into reverse. Okay, I'm going to say that makes sense, right? Because right. he had the body readily available. The car was right there. Split decision. I get that part. As far as like using a body through a window. Right, right. That's right, but- two. That's two bodies through windows. But the dad one seemed really fucking inconvenient <laughs> to drag him from the stairs like, yeah, to drag across the street. The, yeah. He cut the power, then went and picked up this guy's body. But this one, this one makes sense. So after that, Santa pulls Robbie out through the windshield and walks off to go get his axe while uh, Robbie gets axed in the head. Because, you know, axes in head seems to be the theme of this movie as well, besides neon. Yeah, apparently. Uh, right at that moment, the police show up. Uh, you know, what a wonderful response time. A few seconds, I swear. And the guy didn't even finish his phone call. So they were just like, that's oh, yeah. some random guy called. Let's go show up. Uh, so they shoot Santa three times with a rifle. This is Officer Danny Davis, played by Elliot Gilbert, who has... Uh, in my family's reasoning, uh, Elliot is spelled the correct way with two L's and two T's. Because uh, that's my brother's name. Anyways. Um, so, while in the cop car, Tori says that they need to go to the toy store because it looks like the robot Santa or whatever from that, sh- uh, that, s- that store. And it may have killed her friends that own the store. But for some reason, the cop is like, no, ma'am. 
I don't want to do my job uh, and check on your friends. And they start fighting in the car. And so and you're watching behind them. So you just see out the windshield. So, of course, uh, Santa gets up after the cop shoots him. And, uh, you know, the cop gets out of the car trying to shoot him again. And Santa kills the cop. So, Tor- uh, so well, <clears throat> step back a minute. <clears throat> Tori drives over the Santa and then tries to use the radio to get other cops out there. Um, and somehow, miraculously, she is able to drive at wild fucking speeds without a windshield in the middle of a snowstorm. In a t-shirt. In it, well, that, that part makes more sense to me because her adrenaline is fucking pumping. But, like, how could she see with wind blowing in her face and it's cold and there's snow i can't even run fast in the to the wind and not be (laughs) blinking like crazy right fuck um so back up to the police uh, and an ambulance arrive and they arrest her without like any regard to her injuries what she looks like what she's screaming about at no point are they like ma'am i see that you're covered in blood is that your blood are you okay they're just like get on the ground they just like straight up assume that she's the killer and shit. Um, so they end up taking her back to the station, and the Santa shows up driving the ambulance into a car outside of the station. Um, and apparently she's friends with the sheriff because it's Robbie's dad, and poor Robbie's dead. <laughs> yeah. Also, an interesting tactical move to drive the ambulance. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm not gonna think about it. Sheriff Monroe is played by Jeff Daniel Phillips, who I just learned at the beginning of this from Katie, is apparently in a lot of zombie, Rob Zombie films. A lot of Rob Zombie. He's in almost all of Rob Zombie's uh, films. Um, He's in Monsters. He yeah, plays in the Herman. He has also been in 31, Lords of Salem, the 2009 Halloween 2. I actually met him at the uh, Sundance premiering of 31. I met him... Robert Brake or Richard Brake and uh, Meg Foster, along with Sherry Moon Zombie and Rob Zombie, um, and I have a couple of pictures that we we can post up with this episode. Um, but even my husband will attest to this: if he had not, if my husband had not been with me and I had just been alone, like seeing these guys, Jeff Daniel Phillips definitely would have asked me to go back to his hotel room and hang out with him. Um, he had. Not, like, gross hands by any means, but, like, he was hugging me. And he was, like, he, like, when he took a picture, his arms were around me and stuff. He was really nice. But, like, it was very easy. Like, it was very clear that he was trying to hit on me and shit. Um, which I find w- really entertaining. And he was really sweet and not, like, gross or, like, problematic by any means. Uh, but I just thought it was funny because I've always watched him in all these movies. And all I can ever think about is I, I only see him... As his character from Halloween 2, um, where he's the manager of a super shitty strip club. <laughs> and he's really gross and, like, grimy in that movie. And he gets his head curb stomped in by Michael Myers. That's Jeff Daniel Phillips, everybody. <laughs> well, at least he didn't get curb stomped in this one. Yeah. He is really nice, though. He's really nice in person and very well put together. But, of course... He dies when he first sees uh, Santa and he shoots him. Um, but the other officers all get shot in the head by Santa. So now he's using guns. I guess military, maybe. Um, but Tori fortifies herself in the office with a taser and a shotgun. Uh, 
I thought the taser was really an, work. I thought the taser was an interesting idea, right? Shoot I him, agree. Shoot him up with oh. a bunch of electrical current. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought that was a smart idea, but I was like, clearly guns haven't done shit when that officer shot him three times with a shotgun and he barely fell. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh this scene Santa like gets into the sheriff's office and he starts like tearing it apart to try and find her. To me, this scene kind of lost the robotic appeal because yeah. he's, he starts moving like a human and less like a robot like he is in the other ones. Mm-hmm. And when he like flips the desk, he like it like takes effort. Like you can tell that it takes oh, some yeah. effort, which doesn't fit when he's just like tossing bodies around like they are a five pound cat in a trick or treat bag. <laughs> Good reference. I liked it. <laughs> I tried. Don't do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is the only scene where I was like, oh, that's a person, not a robot. Dumb. Okay, so uh, Tori tries to escape in the ambulance, not knowing that Santa is, you know, just, just hanging on to the back of it, because of course he is. She slams the ambulance into a car, sending him smashing through the windshield, which apparently has some sort of effect on him, making it difficult for him to stand. Maybe it cuts some of his wires. Um, but she's able to flip the car she hit on top of him, which is really interesting. I feel like the 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 physics on that wouldn't have actually worked, but maybe I'm wrong. I, uh, I think they actually like did that for the film. So oh, okay. It, well, then I I stand corrected. It um, makes sense. But she lights something on fire on the car. I think she puts doesn't she put a a rag in the gas tank and then light that on fire sure you say so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what she does honestly this is one of those movies where you watch it and then you like forget pieces of it almost immediately <laughs> there was it was a lot of like action so yeah um i'm pretty sure that she puts a rag in the, the the tank and then lights it on fire but anyways big explosion happens i personally would have like cut his head off with an axe or something like he's a robot and like, i get yeah, that he can he can withstand shit. Yeah, clearly. and maybe fire would like melt some things, but if he's military grade, probably not, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So you know, but you know, she probably should have. But of course, uh, a little fire doesn't stop military grade robots, just like you said. Um, so for some reason, his eyes, tr- like he, for some reason, he ends up having these green laser eyes. Which, why would you put that in a Santa toy? It's creepy. It's weird. Like, what the fuck? Like, what is the purpose? Yeah. Um, They end up taking the battle uh, back to the record store where she has a cosplay-style sword, which she then uses to stab through the gut, uh, like, circuitry? Circuit? (laughs) I can't say the word. Circuitry? Circuitry, thank you. Guys, words are hard sometimes, okay? All the time. Um, but she cuts through his gut on the Santa and which it doesn't really exactly shut him down, but it does slow him down for like a moment. So she decides to set the sprinklers off and now that his wires are exposed and in doing so it break she ends up breaking her ankle because she falls. And it it makes her absolutely ob- like oblivious to like the location of where the Santa is as she tries to like stand up during which he cuts off three or four of her right fingers 
Um, that would hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Oh. But there's a scuffle. The Santa dies. She walks outside, falls on the ground, and laughs. The That's end. It. That's the movie. <laughs> you get like 40 minutes of nonstop dialogue to just like not have any dialogue. To a bunch of dead bodies really fast with an axe. It's. I gotta say. It's... Go ahead. No, you got this. I was gonna say, I gotta say, I was kind of hoping that there was like this end credit scene that showed like this warehouse filled with these fucking robots that all got I, recalled. I was expecting something like that and then like one of them turns on and then all of them turn on. Yeah, something. That's what I was expecting too, but there um, wasn't. I don't know if I'm disappointed about that or not, but there wasn't. There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of visually seeing all these people die. Like it's it's not one where they they show like a s- snippet of it and then like glance away. It it's full on. You see everything, <laughs> and it's very sexual. There's a lot of sex in the shit. But, <clears throat> uh, yeah, the entire last scene where they're in the record store. Uh, it they did actually use an animatronic robot for that part, obviously because huh. he doesn't have a stomach. And it took 10 to 11 days to shoot that specific scene because uh, Dr. Joe said the machine would go down and then they would have to repair it and it would take them like three or four hours. Plus they had like snow and sprinklers and stuff going and so that would like mess with the robot and yeah. He said that was the most intensive scene. And poor Tori every day had to get like drenched with cold water and be like drenched with blood and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, that was kind of it for the film. And there's not a whole lot of background stuff for it. A lot of the articles and interviews are just like, you know, repeated questions, repeated answers by everyone. But in an article by Film School Rejects, they said that Christmas Bloody Christmas was originally meant to be a Silent Night remake because mm-hmm. I guess they are remaking the Silent Night Deadly Night franchise. Uh, So they were taking pitches from directors for their stories. And Dr. Joe did this one, but producers thought it, like, was too far off of the original franchise storyline. But so they did promote it as an independent film. And the article also said that... Oh, and then Dr. Joe in this article was like, yeah, it cracks me up because this was supposed to be the Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, but I ran it as an independent film, and my film is already out, and where's the Silent Night, Deadly Night? So, I guess good thing he did. But, uh... Yeah. In the article, he also said, I love the aesthetic of 16mm film. He... Uh, I love that Unsolved Mysteries look, which is, like, one of his favorite TV shows. I would watch the... Uh, interstitials on Unsolved Mysteries and it's like, holy shit, that feels like I'm watching Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Don't know what that is. I love that whole aesthetic. I always wanted to do it. And then in Rue Morgue magazine, he shared other films that influenced his horror Santa idea, including Tales from the Crypt, which is an American horror anthology television series that ran from 89 to 1996. It was on HBO and there was a total of 93 episodes. Uh, episode two was titled And All Through the House, which was about an axe-wielding Santa who escapes from an asylum. And so that, like, was his inspiration for this film, kind of, in addition to 
uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. He also said that Black Christmas is arguably the better film, as he states within this film, but it lacks an evil Santa, so obviously that got knocked out of the running. And the last inspiration that he cited for this film is The Terminator, hence the robotic Santa, which also happens to be his all-time favorite movie, he says. Right. Um, he's also, he's, he's also said that he likes to make movies that feel timeless. Uh, he said, I always go back to something like the original Pet Cemetery, which is a better one, personally, the first one, uh, where it feels like it could be taking place now, or it could have been in the 80s. Uh, it could have been the 70s. <clears throat> the only thing in Christmas Bloody Christmas that dates it is the Tinder reference, but also... Uh, to avoid things that would date the movie such as it, uh, as much as it could be. Uh, also, your phones date the movie there, bud. <laughs> uh, do they use cell phones? They have cell phones in the movie. She does for she does in the beginning of it because that's what she's like talking about Tinder and stuff like that. Um, well, that falls into that same reference, the Tinder. Right. You need a phone to do Tinder. Um, but. but I didn't notice any toys that were like super high speed coming out now they were all like the plastic yeah old school style old school lots of stuffed animals stuff like that mm -hmm. um yeah maybe it's just an old toy store <laughs> but i mean he if that's what he was going for he did a decent job you know mm -hmm. uh but tinder has been around for a long time too so in like five years it will be old school i'm sure yeah i always forget that people that say like 20 years ago means like the early 2000s and not like yep. the 1980s <laughs> yep. it's weird i don't like it it's, it's hard but i don't like the way time is going yeah uh, uh there is an interview with bloody disgusting sorry you i'm gonna take it back just one step before that's, you, that's you share that that's cool thing but uh, this film was shot in Placerville, California. Director Joe said that he drove around with his, I think it was, I don't know, somebody else on the team. And they went from spot to spot to spot trying to find the perfect place. They didn't want to do it in a studio. They didn't want to do it in the, he said, the Northeast where he's done a lot of his films because it's too fucking cold. And even though this is ironically the one film where it should be cold because it's in the snow, he was like, no. Fuck. So they, Yeah. <laughs> They happened to plan a plan upon Placerville, California, and he said the town agreed to do the film, and they were like super ecstatic about it, like not ecstatic, enthusiastic, and they were mm -hmm. they pretty much let them do anything they wanted, and he, which he was super surprised about because of like how gory and raunchy and everything it is. <laughs> uh, he said there were some crowds, like at the beginning, but then once they figured out what filming actually is, everyone kind of left. Except for mm -hmm. the scene where she explodes the car, he said there was a big crowd for that one. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, that's that's about it for the background stuff. That's all I got. Uh, but there was an interview with Bloody Disgusting where uh, Dr. Joe, <laughs> uh, he teases his next film where he will star as a guy falling on hard times who is in a drug spiral that gets uh, abducted by aliens. So... Yeah, apparently he liked this cameo so much that he was like, I'm going to fucking star in my next movie. 
Directing and starring. What? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's probably really hard to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't imagine. I saw like a behind the scenes for Thunder, Tropic Thunder, uh, mm-hmm. because Ben Stiller directed that movie, but he's also one of the main characters in it. Uh, right. And it it's like him directing and acting at the same time. Uh, it's a lot to have to pay attention to. But that's it for this film. So I don't think I'll recommend people watch this movie personally. I don't really love slasher films like this. Uh, It's not my thing. But if I know a person who really just wants to see gory pornographic stuff, (laughs) I'll send them to this movie. I will. Yeah, that's how I feel. Did you have like a favorite death? Um, no. Like I said, this is one of those movies where you watch it and then you just fucking forget parts of it really quickly. I mean, arguably a lot of them are the same. It's like the axe from the head head. down, uh, which was like just surprising to see the whole way through the first time. Uh, I did like the switch up to the curb stomping thing like i said it was like super fucked up for him to do that but it was different and that is what i remember so yeah (laughs) good job effects team i'm gonna say good job yeah well done those yeah there you go (laughs) there's a positive from this movie (laughs) a lot of people really dug it so i feel like people either really liked it or they were like why did I watch that for an hour and a half? Why, why did I waste that time? So, yeah. I'm hoping to see Tori Toombs. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of her real name. Rand- Randy Dandy, whatever her name is. Uh, Riley Dandy. Riley Dandy, thank you. Um, I'm hoping to see her in more stuff. I think she'll be fun to watch. Riley Dandy. Yeah, she was pretty good. Uh, Just don't do a... 40 minute monologue the next time (laughs) I mean as long as it's good it's a good monologue I just didn't understand what was happening because I don't listen to metal music I didn't get any other references until they started talking about movies Um, so I didn't care that's the only reason I was like but anyways movies we recommend based off this one Uh, there is a movie called Bloody Christmas from 2012 that is probably just as in poor quality um, and it seems to be kind of similar, where it's a s- s- axe-wielding Santa. Uh, he's some 80s star who... Uh, an actor, sorry, he's an actor who's famous, and he decides he wants to figure out what it feels like to kill people or something like that, so he becomes an axe-wielding he, Santa. He fantasizes about murdering the people that do him wrong. Uh, recording what it says. Krampus, obviously... Probably uh, one yes. of the best Christmas movies. We, we did that last Christmas. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to that and watch Krampus. It's the best horror comedy in the world. I love it so much. Uh, Violent Night, Deadly Night. If you're into the axe-wielding Santas. Um, it's just, like, are you talking about the new one? Oh, sorry. I said something totally different than what yeah. I wrote out. <laughs> uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night is the one I was thinking of. But I wrote down Violet Night. I want to see that. It looks fucking great. I've heard yeah, good reviews about it. So, 
I was like, hold up. That's not what that says. <laughs> our, yeah. our next episode is going to be a 30-minute episode, a 30-minute one. Meow. And we're going to talk about, we're going to do something new. We're going to do a movie as our 30 minutes, and it's going to be Halloween Kills. So the reason we're doing a 30-minute one is because we fucking killed Halloween to death last year. I'm kind of done with it. There's not a whole well, lot of and this, one, ugh, this one pisses me off so badly. They it, they did me wrong. They did it wrong. They did it wrong. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It'll be 30 Otherwise, minutes of Katie just saying, they did it wrong. They did it wrong. They did it wrong. In different tones. That's going to be the 30 minutes. I'm just kidding. It's going to be good. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll just talk about like the new stuff. We're not going to keep killing it. And then after that, we'll tell you what we're going to do next. But we're going to get on a schedule. It's going to happen. You're going to get regular episodes. With the holidays and January being a bunch of birthday month for me, things will calm down after this. <laughs> I it also won't. have to do Sunday and slam dance for work uh, it's 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 a lot of work and we're gonna try and do our best to stay on time it's never gonna slow down we'll always be late but we're gonna try and get them out more regularly uh anyways if you have a movie we haven't specifically selected one yet but if you have a movie you want us to do that is not an axe wielding santa you can email it to us at or cats witch hats at gmail.com or DM it or tag it or however you do social media. I don't know. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at. Or underscore cats underscore witch hats. And also, we are always happy to take your cat pictures. Yeah. Kitty's and really loving on you right now. <laughs> I know. She's kind of chunking all, up. She, like, she's all still. Those, all those, she's, all those she's, my kids here, that's Kitty. She's still tiny, but she's like chunky for herself. Uh, that's that's right now. But send us your good vibes for getting stuff done on time. Don't curse us. Don't hex us. We'll haunt you. That's it. Meow, meow. It won't pick up my meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow. Uh